Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I am your host, Javi, who will not be doing anything weird or any weird, uh, what's it called, impressions this week. <laughs> and uh, this week, we are actually doing a listener-requested film, uh, which this is the first time since our second episode ever that we're like diving back into the world of uh, a Netflix movie. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, someone who shall be like rena- remain nameless, uh, someone doesn't like hopping on trends. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's not even like that. It's just I have trouble like getting into some of these like straight to streaming service movies. Sometimes, what can I tell you? It is, and uh, I'm the opposite. I love, I love seeing whatever crap comes across my recommended list on uh, Netflix or Hulu or any of them. I think it's so, because I have a rougher time watching horror films now just in general because my wife and well my wife just doesn't like them and my daughter is obviously way too young so it's like if I'm going to watch a horror movie I either have to wait until my daughter's asleep or I have to watch it on my iPad where like no one else can see what I'm looking I basically have to watch it like if I'm watching porn. <laughs> So it's it's it for me like someone needs to tell me online that it's a movie worth watching before I like hunker down and like will actually watch it. You're almost more embarrassed to get caught watching a uh, horror movie in your household than you're watching <laughs> porn. Like it feels like with porn, it's justified to do all like the cloak and dagger bullshit. But it's like <laughs> if you're watching a horror movie, your wife's just like, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like yeah. this is somehow worse." <laughs> Yeah, so my beautiful 4K TV in the living room hardly gets any play when it comes to horror movies. Oh no, how terrible. You <laughs> must suffer so much. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to our listener who gave the recommendation. I don't I don't remember if I asked him. I probably didn't ask him if he wanted to like have his name out there. So yeah, no. I'll just use his IG handle. I'll you really don't him. have to. Uh, Shut up, I'm calling him Skippy. He knows who right. he is. <laughs> Thanks, Skippy. Appreciate the recommend, bro. <laughs> um, this is a Korean horror movie. I guess it's it's a movie that just came out this year. Um, <laughs> I guess it's Korean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called Hashtag Alive. And or Alive. You know, I, yeah. or just Alive. But, you know, on Netflix, it's Hashtag Alive. So I'm going to go by that. Uh, you can either watch this movie in korean with subtitles or there's an english dub version uh, audio track on it yeah if you're a fucking normie you can watch it with the english dub track all right so just so you know i have been very busy working this week oh, and i was working during i was working while i was watching this like i was like in the middle of just had to get this deliverable done right uh, mm-hmm. So I'm working while I'm watching this movie and because I needed to be able to understand what was happening in the movie while I was working, I decided to l- watch the dubbed version of it. <laughs> You're such normie trash. You know, hey, it's it's not, if, if I had just like, if I was in a position where I could just focus on this movie and nothing was happening around me, then I would have just been fine doing the subtitle things. <laughs> You're like, but no, I had to be responsible. <laughs> I grew up watching all the Godzilla movies, so I have no problem like watching subtitles for a language I don't understand. 
Oh man. So no, I watched it in its normal in it and like its normal like Korean track with subtitles. I'm actually really excited to talk about this film because of the fact that it is our first like well, I don't know. I don't really don't consider James Bond movies foreign films. But no, this is not. like our first foreign film. And it's the it first is. like different language film. Um and it's gonna be interesting com- comparing our experiences like just to see if being dub or subbed is a huge uh makes a huge difference um Um, i'm still looking you yeah i was looking at the subtitles while i was watching the movie and a lot of the there there's just different words here and there it's not it's not a word for word translation but there's no real difference to it that's really common as someone that watches a lot of uh you know because i watch a lot of movies with my parents um because and of course i have to find the spanish dub when i whenever we're watching like english movies because you know my mom unfortunately never picked up english too well i mean she she can get by right but uh it's really interesting when you're watching netflix and you keep the english uh subtitles on because you're just like wow that doesn't translate very easily in english does it (laughs) or there's certain like phrases like it's one of those things where in in spanish we have certain phrases for words that are the equivalent to english words and vice versa so i'm assuming a lot of that like gets a lot of that happens uh here right uh, one thing I did want to talk about before we go into, and just because it kind of ties into the whole, like, you know, uh, what we're going through with COVID-19, with uh, South Korea, or when this film uh, had its opening day in South Korea, it actually drew in like 204,000 uh, viewers the first uh, on its first day, and pretty much dominated like 62% of the box office. <laughs> So this was like a huge deal when this film uh when this film was released because I believe this was probably like the first film in Korea that was released post covid uh sh- uh shutdown. Uh so because I believe there was nothing open uh since February. I, th- I believe this film opened back in July in North Korea, I mean North Korea and South Korea. Um and so pretty much from February to July, there was, there was nothing like they, like apparently this movie just drew, like really drew people in because of uh, the fact that they couldn't do anything right for, for essentially like five months. Um, right. And because that country has done such a better job than this country has at like handling the pandemic, they are returning to semblance of normal life much sooner than we will get the opportunity to do here vote vote you guys <laughs> november's coming for the love of christ please vote i didn't want to turn this into a, like a, a political thing but jesus they're watching movies in korea and with people real people well to be fair uh local movie theaters have started showing tenant now at least the local drive-in is now it premiered last weekend so mm, that's right we man, we got to we got to make some time for that. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, yeah. while we're getting into this, I I, I really do like that you kind of kicked it off right there uh, talking about the pandemic and stuff because it really is, you know, I think what makes this movie so interesting to me, obviously, is because we're watching it at a time when it's super, like, it, it, this movie it doesn't what it really takes me back to is specifically those first couple of months right after u.s like kind of 
got as far locked down as you could possibly get, right? Um, which is, you know, when people were like fighting over toilet paper and you probably oh, only God. left your house maybe once a week if you yeah. needed to to get a shit ton of groceries, right? Like it was, it was rough. Those first couple of months because there was a lot that we didn't know about, you know, it was, it was different. I remember, I remember my wife, my daughter and I like going out for a walk for the first time since like lockdown happened like a few weeks into it and I remember just walking down like you know in our comp like our condominium complex is, is on a main street in the town that we live in right like it is a big like street that's always full of traffic and stuff and there were barely any cars going by it looked empty we lived by a shopping center that shopping center everything was closed with the exception of a grocery store and it really felt surreal you know now more things have opened up now it feels a little bit more like you know about as normal as it's gonna get <laughs> you know but this movie absolutely takes me back to just the immediate kind of like you know it's just it's what i love about zombie movies and what i've loved about zombie movies since night of the living dead like mm -hmm. zombie movies are the perfect way to just take a snapshot of the society that you're living in at that point in time um, what's crazy is i believe this film was filmed pre-covid and it's just like it hits so many relatable feelings <laughs> Like, it, uh, like I, I really want you know. I really think that you're you're onto something when you say how zombie movies are a reflection of their time, because it's one of those things where it's like this movie hits ev like it's like you mentioned early pandemic. This movie hits all all those same things we went through from like all those stages of trying to like adapt to our new normal, whether it's from like you know trying new hobbies whether it's trying to get like shit face drunk <laughs> whether it's trying to like come to terms with the fact that things are changing and you know it, it's like you're going through the five stages of grief we see it in the film and it's also very similar to kind of what a lot of us experience here like dirt in these times of covid right yeah it's a more extreme version of what we've all lived through for the past six months and I think what's really good about it, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned that it was likely filmed before, like, really the pandemic locked everyone down. I, because what I wanted to say is I do think that horror movies in general are usually on the pulse of society, like, even before things happen. And the best example I could use of that is, you know, when we talked about Night of the Living Dead, because we, I feel like that movie we've talked about so many times on this podcast. but. Um, that movie came out in 1968. Uh, it is a movie that had a black lead, right? Dwayne Jones uh, played uh, Ben, who's the main character in that film. And it, you know, even in the years since, George Romero talked about how you know he never really saw it as anything radical. The fact that he was casting a black man as the lead of his movie, and how it was just one of those like happy accidents that just happened to happen, right? Like he just happened to be the best actor that they had at the time and, and they didn't really hire him with any intent of making any kind of statement and interestingly enough after they had wrapped up the film and they were looking for someone to distribute it you know I, George Romero has once told a story about like being on his way to meet with the distributor 
when he and one of the producers or someone uh, were in a car and they heard over the radio that Dr. King had been shot, right? So movies have like, you know, movies have a way of, of, of kind of sometimes even predicting things that are going to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> just by the way that they, you know, that they address the human condition. And I really appreciate, you know, I, I think we should get into this movie right away. Uh, this movie revolves around a character named Jun Wu, who I guess lives with this family, with this family, uh, parents and, and, and a, a big old gamer boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how old this guy is supposed to be. Um, it seems like he's an adult who is living with his parents. Like, you know, see, he seems like one of us in that <laughs> likely an adult that just happens to live with his parents still. It's the uh, extended adolescence, right? Yeah, that yeah. we've talked about before. And like, that's the thing. And, you know, I can't really speak much on Korean culture, but I mean, it's, it's like to me seeing this guy in what may be mid 20s to like, possibly even early 30s mm-hmm. <laughs> like i don't know it feels like it's played up that he's supposed to be a younger dude but it's like completely like to me it's completely normal because at least in latin culture it's like yeah it, there is your parents have absolutely no problem keep, like you living in the home until you're you're independent quote unquote enough right and usually that means once you're ready to kind of start your own family but yeah, yeah. i mean it's completely i'm gonna be well in your 20s and still living at home yeah and so this guy seems to be a a live streamer or like a video game streamer which yep he's on he's a twitch boy which you don't know nothing about old no i i am very not familiar with the culture of this i know that people who stream video games or themselves playing video games are able to somehow monetize what they do uh but i (laughs) i <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell you how that works. <laughs> oh my god! It's like it's like having a boomer try to explain the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I yeah, I, I I am that guy right now. I'm unfortunately. I mean, it's the same concept as YouTube, except the difference is that. You know, while like if you're doing video game let's plays, except the difference is there's no editing really. It's it's live. It's pretty much like you're watching, you know, primetime television. It's like people are just streaming from certain time slots, and it's like the idea is that you gain a follower followership and certain amount of subscribers, and and you know, at certain thresholds you can actually start making um, ad revenue. So it's like they start including ads or they start monetizing your time slot. Um, so they, you know, this is a very, the, and the thing is like, I was literally just talking to a friend of mine about this, um, because he's, he's actually like in the, uh, he's trying to like start that hobby of video game live streaming. Um, and he was saying that, yeah, it just requires a lot of work and it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things that's very accessible. So everyone and they mama be doing it. Right. But I think, you know, it it is one of those things that that you're able to do from a position of privilege. Right. And what I mean by that is if you're someone who even if you don't have your own home, if you're able to live with your parents and your parents have a home where they're still able to provide for you, um, you have the privilege of spending your time doing something like that. Right. It's like where you where your hobby can actually be your form of income but it's because you have the time and like you said the privilege to be able to do that 
right which you know this character which this character has and 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 i don't mean that as like a you know i'm gonna zero it on him for for that it's just like i said it's just a thing that i don't understand but i know it works and i i will never be the type to criticize anyone for how they make their money <laughs> and you know jun woo is completely shown to be like you're a very stereotypical gamer boy like he has the he has the fridge full of monsters his style like <laughs> the dress is eclectic i really like you know i really liked his place you know we spend so much time in this place that it's really wild because you know you think about how one of the first places that the pandemic like really started spreading was in a city like new york and that's because there were all these buildings and people are living in these huge buildings. And, you know, it's just the space is so cramped and you're so close to other people at all times mm-hmm. that it's how could it not spread like just, you know, a wildfire like it did early on. Um, I really like just the modern, small, compact, like, aesthetic of all the homes that these people live in because you know i I, i'm I'm a condo person i live in a Mm -hmm. condo i don't live in a house so it's i relate to seeing like a ton of shit just put into cramped living spaces (laughs) (laughs) and it's Uh, true like it's like four people are able to live in this con in this condo comfortably yeah it's really interesting like they're like right off the bat i don't know if you ever seen um no, you haven't. You haven't seen Parasite yet. That's one of those movies I'm trying to sell you on. Yeah, and it's not and it's not for lack of wanting to see it. I think at some point I just knew that we're going to review it on this podcast eventually. So I'm saving like my first watch for when we do ultimately do a Parasite review. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that movie tackles a lot of like the housing crisis or the housing situation in uh, Korea, right? Um so it's like interesting to watch this film where it's like, you know, that's not really at the forefront. So it's more like, you know, you take this family that's very well off. They have a very nice apartment. Um, you know, like very clearly, like we're, uh, we're not giving too much backstory on uh, Jun Woo's family. We're not told, you know, what they do. All we know is that he lives there with his parents and his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly though, they, they are the kind of like the ones that support him. Like right off the bat, we, and we're shown right we're shown that they leave and they leave money for him they they go off on this extent on this extended trip and they leave money for him to go buy groceries and of course him being the lovable slacker he is he just kind of blows it off and was like "Eh, i don't think i'll go get groceries um and you know he turns on the news and he and and it's like we we see the 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 news reports the and it's like you have to have these in your zombie movies you know you this is how you do expo dump. Uh, that's all these these scenes are ever ever are. Uh, this one doesn't reinvent anything. <laughs> no, well, but much. you know what it does that does feel revolutionary. I think to this what? is the reason why it just feels so relatable or so different from any other movie where they do this. Because we we saw this in Us, right? Like where it's just like you're seeing when things are happening in the world and some sort of outbreak happens. Mm-hmm. But what I appreciate about this movie more than anything is, yes, like the world is changing. Yes, a lot of zombies are like, you know, running all over the place and people are infected and it's basically the apocalypse. But if you look on the television, there's still commercials that are running. 
And there's still like, and the reason why you're so into the television and why you need to is because you don't understand what's going on and you need the TV to inform you about like what's happening with this just epidemic of zombie monsters. Right. And it really felt like, it really felt like to me just personal because it felt like the early days of the COVID outbreak, right. Mm -hmm. Where like, we have no idea what this thing is about. We have no idea how powerfully it spreads. We just know it's very, you know, crazy, like that it's just, that it spreads like crazy. Like I remember having meetings, you know, with people in my company, uh, you know, weeks before the end of March where we had to basically prepare a, you know, thousand plus uh, person, you know, firm to completely change the way they work from you know a bunch of people hundreds of people in offices to now everybody is working from home right like Mm -hmm. it is one of those things that I will always remember (laughs) maybe for the rest of my life is just the craziness that we had to like all like you know figure out okay well this is how we're going to change everything we have two weeks to get this done let's make sure that we make all these changes to the environment that we're working in and it's just you know, it's, it's, there's an uncertainty and even now, right? Like we're still living in an uncertain time where now kids are getting, you know, kids are getting uh, educated by via zoom, you know, mm-hmm. paper money is going to be going away, you know, even more, <laughs> I think now, you know, this thing is just speeding along like changes that are taking place. Um, I like that, you know, people online are using hashtags to kind of mark themselves safe from this disaster. Um, that's which what is I, mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna say. Like, I really like that part. Like that, because that's something I didn't think about. That you mentioned that um, that the commercials. It's like, yeah, they're trying to tell these really important information. They're really trying to get disseminate like what's real, what's fake. They're trying to put out as much information. Yet they still got to take a ninety second ad break to tell you about like you know whatever bullshit's being sold in the stores, right? And well, it like bothers Jun Woo to the point where it's like he does do, um, you know, he goes onto social media and he tries to look up what's going on, right? Um, well, even even in even not even pandemic related, like okay, we live in California and this year has been a particularly like devastating wildfire season, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a to- there was like a week, you know, a few weeks ago when the skies were just completely orange in San Francisco and it looked like something out of Blade Runner. Oh yeah. Like just throughout the entire area. Right. And, and I just remember everyone being completely like frightened by how everything looked yet. I still had to go to FedEx to get some stuff shipped away for work. And here, here's the people at FedEx and they're all talking about it and we're all wearing masks and you know, the San Francisco giants and the, and the Oakland A's like they all played like, games under this like apocalypse orange sky like that same day it's just like as the world is yeah as the world crumbles around you like there's still so much that we try to force to stay normal just for Mm -hmm. our own sanity (laughs) so so i get it and that's one of the things where it's like if i was watching this movie years maybe a year ago or two years ago or something like that i probably wouldn't think about things like that but because we're living in such a like just unprecedented time like there's such a high relatability to the stuff that's happening in this movie Mm -hmm. but yeah like what i was gonna mention was like when juno starts going on like social media to get news and like you know he he, the only reason he even turns on the news 
was because his uh you know he was playing he was playing in his party tells him like oh shit what's going on right like i remember early pandemic there was a lot of and, and to this day people still are people believe more on what's twitter what's on twitter than what's going on in like you know what they actually read in the news right now i can write a whole dissertation about that i'm gonna choose not to because I, I don't want to keep everyone listening for four hours <laughs> but like it, 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 it's true i remember a buddy of mine he was just like no like the only news i trust is what, what i see coming in online because it's like this is actually going this is actually what's happening to people it's not it, it's like live and uncut right and i'm like yeah they it makes perfect sense because that is how a lot of people do get their news. That's the, sometimes that's the only way people stay informed, especially uh, during times of like disasters. Right. So it makes total sense. And it is like, it goes back to the whole relatability piece. Right. And um, so it's like, as uh, Jun Woo is, is watching this news and he's watching the world kind of like uh, through, through the lens of the TV he starts noticing that it's it's more real than he expected. Like he starts seeing, um, you know, he gets like the news report that there's a this disease that's making people attack others, um, and that the the government's definitely losing control. And from his balcony, he can see his neighbors like like running from the apartment across the way, right? And mm-hmm. he can just see like like it's crazy when you see the visual. You have the visual of the chaos as it's starting because you don't see who's infected and who isn't like this is the first day of the of the outbreak you just see people running and dying and you're yeah. just like trying i think to when i think one of the things that's very alfred hitchcock's rear window about this too is that just the point of view looking in across to the other buildings and seeing like you know all these everything looks the same right like it's all these uniform like balconies that everyone is looking at and people are just getting attacked in their windows and you're watching it from the other side in horror and it's so like just there is something super classical about that because it just really reminds me of Hitchcock looking at something like that Mm mm-hmm and it's like it, it it's it's I really love that scene. Like I remember in Twenty Eight Days Later, one of my other favorite zombie movies, it was like I think it was the character Selena. She describes that, or I think it was uh the, her the partner she was with. But um, they describe how they're in the they're in the UK metro, and you can just see a wave of people start attacking people. And the guy's like, if you're on the floor, you can't see it because it all looks the same. But when you're above, you just see this tidal wave you can't run away from. And that's the like that line was what I was thinking of when Jun Wu's watching, and it's like all the all the craziness is happening, and it was just really well shot, and I fucking love that scene. <laughs> and then uh, later on, we get the you know we get where Jun Wu wants to go outside and he wants to check, right? And he gets a, he has a neighbor that comes in, um, and the neighbor is asking for help, and. You know, we have that immediate standoff where Jun Wu doesn't know if he can trust this guy. Very clearly, this guy looks like he just got bit. <laughs> and it's like Jun Wu's like, right away, he's got the decision to make. Is he going to be willing to help this guy or is he going to kill him or is he going to kick him out of the apartment? It's just like very, like this movie establishes the stakes very quickly. 
And what ends up happening is that, uh, you know, he, he observes the guy and the guy, of course, changes or, or he, 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 he becomes infected right in front of Jude Wu. And Jude Wu ends up uh, pushing him outside of the apartment and locking him, uh, locking him out. And this takes us in. This is all the prologue, by the way. That's what's fucking crazy. Like, this is all the prologue of the film. And it's like, right away, the, the prologue is just establishing your rules. It's showing you how fast people are changing. And, um, you know, what what you have to do to survive, right? Uh, and Jin Woo listens to, the, listens to the TV. And pretty much he believes that if he stays at home and barricades himself, he'll be safe. And that help will come and um, and, and save him from all of this. Uh, so that's what he does. He ends up um, he ends up uh, barricading himself in his apartment, and he's like I was mentioning earlier. He starts using social media, uh, and he like starts keeping these video diaries. Right, uh, he keeps these video diaries to kind of help keep himself sane. Uh, at one point. I really like the use of technology in this movie, like um, like how much uh, Jun Woo uses his phone as a as a lifeline. Like we, we like we see that for most of this film, he's trying to make outgoing calls. He can't because it keeps getting um, you know no service. He keeps getting disconnected or something, right? And it's like as he tries to keep finding these ways to, to get the phone work or, or get the phone working. So he tries to like hook up his phone to a drone and fly the drone high enough where it gets service so that he can try to call his family. Um, you know, he tries to hang off the balcony and hold his phone up after watching a video of a guy doing the same exact thing to try to get bars, but the guy ends up like falling and to his death. So it's like Jun Woo tries to do all these things to try to 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 find out what's going on outside of his isolated world, and he manages to make it work. Where he finally checks his voicemail and he's able to get a message from his family, um, or I think he gets a message from the dad. Right, he gets a voicemail saying that they're safe and that they're okay and that he has to survive, and like that is what gives Jun Woo the, mo- the motivation he needs to keep going throughout the film it's it's the fact that he knows he needs to survive and then from here on pretty much we we go on a day day by day um of jun woo trying to survive as his neighborhood becomes more and more overrun with more infected um he still has power to a certain extent he still has some utilities but for the most part he's running out of water and food um and he's just trying his best to make it. Yeah, and I think a lot of the tension and stress that comes in this movie from just watching it from a viewer perspective is the fact that he's got such little food left because he didn't go shopping. And you have no idea when he's going to be able to get anything or if he's even going to get enough food to survive. Um, he like labels the few snacks and noodles and stuff that he's found in the fridge as like Last Supper or something. Like, you know, yeah, the you, good one gets Last Supper, and it's like, <laughs> there's a certain point where he's like, fuck it, I'm eating this first. Like, yeah. it's hell, like, it was something I thought of that, that's the type of thing I would do if I was in the apocalypse. I'm like, nah, I'm eating the good shit first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's, it's it, 
I can't really go in through it step by step, but there, I'll say the, there are a few things that happen uh, during this period of the movie. One is uh, one of Junwoo's neighbors ends up just banging on the door saying that he needs to come in, right? Um, mm-hmm. He comes in, he explains to uh, Junwoo that, you know, his brother, I guess, has been infected. Um, and Junwoo's like very suspicious of this guy as we all would be like, I mean, it's so funny. It's one of those things that you don't think about very much, but usually in these apocalypse movies, you seek out other people, right? And the characters that all get together, there's always like the character that's secretly evil <laughs> and is gonna, and is gonna ruin everything for everyone. Uh, there's With all these uneasy, there's all these uneasy alliances like between people that normally wouldn't interact with each other, but are pretty much stuck together because they need to survive. There's and, always uh, the dickhead that gets bitten and doesn't tell anybody. Yeah, which I guess this guy kind of is that guy because he... He tried to be. Yeah, like he, 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 he you know, said he's not infected or it doesn't let on that he's been infected. Uh, he's the guy who you watch morph in front of you to one of these monsters, which is horrifying. Like, it just looks like something out of the exorcist like the way he just starts twitching and screaming and all that like wild stuff but uh um, well they're very uh danny boyle zombies from 28 days later or um dawn of the dead oh four like they they it was very reminiscent of those like fast moving zombies your viral zombies not necessarily your george a romero uh when there's no more room in hell the dead walk the earth like slow lumbering zombies these guys are fast moving. They're not fucking acrobats like the zombies in Train to Busan, if anyone's ever seen that movie, where those zombies are like goddamn contortionists. But yeah, these movies or these zombies definitely have uh they, they put in some hours in, of cardio in the gym. Um yeah, like like they like Angel was saying, they're just like when they transform, they're very they become very feral and it's fucking terrifying. It plays on that whole, like, you see something acting outside of its norm, you know not to trust it. They become very animalistic, right? Um, yeah, it's pretty insane. Uh, and, you know, as the days go forward... Um, as, the day know, goes, as, as the days go by, um, Junwoo goes through kind of a period where he, he's thinking about, you know, when his family was there, kind of going back to a day, I guess, in his mind when he didn't, you know, where clearly he's disconnected from the rest of his family. They all go places and he just stays at home streaming all day. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, so he's kind of dealing with this guilt of, you know, like, it's just like all the time that I could have had with somebody, but now I may never get that time back because I have no idea where the rest of my family is. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the depression. Part of it is done by just the fact that he doesn't have food, Part of it is done by just the fact that he doesn't have other people that he can associate with. And there's just such a feeling of desperate isolation that uh, you feel the depression that he's going through. And to an extent, you know, that's what a lot of people have been going through now, you know, like it's just where it's just like difficult. Like, you know, we're all self-isolating to an extent. And, uh, you know, it is there are things that you need to do like just to kind of keep your mind like in a healthy place and and it's not easy for all of us at all times and you know it's just 
that's what this character is dealing with right now. And he tries the tried and true Javi method of getting tore up, baby. <laughs> There's that scene where he like breaks into his dad's like liquor cabinet and starts getting totally shit faced while listening to music. And I was like, damn, dude, hashtag can relate. <laughs> I was like, that's why it's so incredible to me that this movie came out like pre pandemic because it goes through, like, it hits every little like idiosyncrasy that we all have gone through while in 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 social isolation while while trying to like deal with this pandemic right like i do remember uh people trying new new things people people getting hobbies like i love that i love that meme of uh of like three days in the pandemic it's like oh i'm gonna try to uh I'm going to try to make banana bread. And it's like three months in the pandemic, you know, as things got progressively worse in our country, it was just like, I'm ready to overthrow some shit. (laughs) And it's like, um, you know, and I, and I think June Woo, like the entire film takes place over the span of, uh, of like three or four weeks, something like that. Um, But I want to say like June Woo's, I guess, break when he go when he kind of has that, uh, when he gets drunk, and he starts going through the hallucination i want to say that takes place like day 14 day 15 of isolation um and it's like while he's drunk and this scene almost i'm not gonna lie this scene really uh really got to me um where he his phone like he has just enough bars and he gets one more voicemail right and then he he runs over and he and he turns it on and he listens and he gets the voicemail from his family and he he's like so relieved and it's like you see the look on his face change as he as the voicemail progresses because he, what he was expecting to be a hopeful message that his family's making it and they're gonna find him um he actually hears their last moments and he actually and he gets the message from his dad that him and his daughter and his wife are barricaded and they're trying to like stay alive and um he hopes that his son is safe and that he wants him to keep fighting to survive and um and what was it um and like you just see Jim Wu's like face break like his heart just sinks to his stomach as he hears like the his family scream as they're getting attacked by these zombies um and you know he just like completely loses it he starts smashing up the apartment he like destroyed the destroys the tv and it's it's like a before. heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking exchange because you're feeling the hopelessness of the fact that a you're not going to be around these people, and now you're hearing something that's guaranteeing that you'll never be able to see them again. And there is a just like <laughs> there is there is a helplessness and just overwhelming sense of grief that comes from that. And I think that's the part of it where you know he goes from just being depressed to you know contemplating suicide and it's like and you know like and and what's cool about this movie is it draws a lot of different tropes from other movies like it tries to do the video diary log i love they don't that they don't overuse it because it's such a common trope to do like the video diary but he does it it almost feels like a side like a side uh piece to it and and there's almost like you know like there'll be days where i know i'll put a lot of posts on social media or something like that there's some days where you just post a lot and there's Mm -hmm. other days where you don't post anything 
And that's kind of like how it feels like, you know, just the, how he's using social media. It feels like that. It's just it's like sometimes organic. it's like, yeah, sometimes you'll just consume about as much of it as possible. And then there's other moments where it's like uh, you'll spend one moment on it and then he just puts it down maybe watch a little TV, puts it down, and it's just like the days are bleeding together and there's just no end in sight for this. And it's just, mm-hmm. you're grieving for the death of the world around you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it. And it's like he's using these, like, you know, when he when he first starts, he starts using these video diaries and he's very uh, upbeat, up right? He's very, like, positive and he believes he can make it. He believes he's going to reunite with his family. And at one point, like, he he starts getting the, um, you know, the, like, he uses that, that the last thing his, par- his parents say, that I must survive, um, as kind of, like, that motivation. But it's, like, as soon as his, his family, like, he learns about his family's death, he just, like, everything flips. Like you said, he starts contemplating suicide at this point. Um, and he, he, like, the last um the last i'm trying to remember exactly what he said but like the last video uh diary he leaves i want to say he just is that the one where he just saying i will survive like over and over again or i must survive like over and over again um you can just tell this guy has like nothing nothing left in the tank um and you know, driven by this grief, he, he, he tries to hang himself. So, um, in a very, you know, you know, and you know, we see it, they don't try to shy away from it. They don't try to hide it. Like he very clearly, it's not, it, it, you know, it's one of those things he's struggling to kill himself. And it's like right at the moment that he, he's about to do it. He notices a laser pointer, like a green dot or like a dot in his, in his living room. And as it's like flashing and moving around, he like falls off the stool and is trying to like keep himself from 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 uh, from killing himself, right? And it's like holy shit, this scene, the 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 scene where he's trying to hang himself is so fucking intense. It's so crazy to see him like struggle and fight and like with all the fiber of his being trying to stay alive. Yeah, and it does feel like you feel like he's at the end of his rope at this point. And that's when all of a sudden we get introduced to really our other main character in this movie after that. Um, you where Which is his neighbor that's across it is at the other balcony, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the neighbor's name again? You Bin. Yeah, and... Um, I do I do think it's kind of funny the relationship that they kind of start to strike up. They do it by like giving audio messages. Uh, you know, she has like binoculars where she's able to look at him and he's like kind of like mouthing things off while writing things on his phone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's such an ancient form of communication. But to be honest, it's just the relief that you see on his face from the possibility that he's not alone and there's other people out there is something that it changes the tone of the movie Mm -hmm. because then you go from it being kind of like, you know, that, that Ryan Reynolds, like buried movie where it's just like him on the phone and you're just following one character for the entire film. 
it turns into more of a relationship film. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not even like, it, it never even like looks at the possibility that they could have a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you could maybe infer that if you want to, but this movie doesn't do that for you. It just shows that these are just two people that need to have a some sort of companionship with another human being to want to survive. Yeah, it, I love that. I love that this film does it. And it's like, what is it with Western cinema where we have to ship people? Like, what is it with the art way of storytelling where there has to be some sort of romantic arc? It's like the these people, like uh, Yubin and uh, Jun Woo, they're brought together by circumstance. It's not really that they, you know, you don't even know if they would hang out with each other outside of this, you know, zombie apocalypse. But it's like they, there's no like, there's no scene to make you think that they're falling in love. It's just two people that really do need each other to survive. And it's like, it, you know, it's something different. I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of fucking forced romance tropes, especially in these like zombie apocalypse films. Um, but yeah, as you said, they start developing this relationship that where where uh, they, you know, they have like a zip line, right? Uh, you been i think uh she's the one that made, fastens like this uh makeshift zip line first she tries throwing a baseball across the way and it just like thunks on a car instead of making it even close to his balcony so then she tries again um and then and, you know this time they're they're able to do it they oh that's what it was uh Jibu ties the ties a rope to his um to his drone and he's able to fly it over to the other side and then they create a zip line she's able to send him food and they're able to send messages to each other um and then we get that crazy scene where uh i believe and it's funny because it's one of those things that was mentioned earlier in the news reel that i didn't like it didn't come into my mind until you see it happen right where i think someone there there's this news reporter that says that the zombies are um displaying like some motor functions that that from repeated like uh muscle use from when they were alive so they know how to manipulate door handles and open windows and shit and how there's certain zombies where based on their skill if they when they were alive they they keep repeating that right so then we get that scene of the uh, one of the zombies who happened to be a firefighter remembers being able to climb rope. So he grabs the first failed zip line leading up to Yubin's apartment and this motherfucker starts climbing up to her balcony. And I was just is- like, oh my god! Yeah, this it is really like the biggest action scene up until that point because you have you have this firefighter climbing, you have uh, Yubin like on the floor <laughs> Like in her apartment where like something could happen at any moment. Uh, Junwoo finally gets some sort of practical use for his drone <laughs> that he's like using to try to distract this thing. And it's really like a a high source of tension. Again, it's super rear window to me, um, which is like, you know, Jimmy Stewart's character is the guy who's trying to, you know, catch the killer and that's likely in the other apartment and, you know, it's just a lot of it is just like you thinking to yourself, no, 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 please don't do that. Don't go there. Get up, get up, get up, because this person is coming now. And it's just, it's us. It's just such a classic 
you know, a device for tension to me. And it's like before this, the only other action scene we got was the policewoman that, that was overrun by zombies down in the courtyard, right? Where she 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 kills a few zombies as they're chasing her, and she gets tackled by a group of them. Um, Jun Woo tries to like scream at the zombies to leave her alone, and he's like cussing at them, and he's trying to pull their their attention but ultimately it leads to nothing because the woman ends up getting pulled away by the zombies and eaten like attacked anyway and then within moments she comes out from behind the i think it was like a, a tunnel or something where the zombies pulled her in and she immediately becomes a zombie so it's like it's interesting because we see that growth in june Wu where he went from being like this guy who like you said just kind of stood and watched and just was like so scared that this time when uh, when I th- when Yubin was being attacked, he he uses his stupid drone to like dive bomb at the at the zombie trying to save her uh, because you know as the zombie's climbing he ends up pulling on the he ends up pulling on the uh, the table which the rope is attached to and knocks Yubin unconscious. So the entire time it's like she's just a sitting duck. And to see Jun Wu finally kind of come into that role and being like, no, I'm going to save my friend by any means. You know, it, it's cool to see that growth in his character. Uh, he ends up, you know, or, I'm sorry, Yubin ends up uh, grabbing her fire axe, <laughs> just cutting the zombie's head off, uh, saving herself, sending it down to its death. You know, successfully killing it. Uh, Jun Wu, he needs supplies, so he goes into his neighbor's apartment and this was the neighbor at the beginning of the film that uh, that originally came into his apartment, the one that was bitten and infected and saying his brother was infected. Mm-hmm. So he goes into that apartment to gather supplies. And right away, I'm just like, grab the, grab the ice climber hook thing, please. That shit looks really cool for killing zombies. <laughs> and uh, I guess the brothers are like survivalists. Mm-hmm. or mountain climbers and shit and so he's able to get a bunch of food he's able to get a bunch he, he's able to get the walkie talkies and he's able to grab like clothes and equipment before he gets attacked by the original neighbor's infected brother and he runs away and he runs back to his apartment and locks the door um god there's a lot of little things that happen in this movie that are that are like coming back to me mm-hmm. like i forgot to even talk about the uh the first time he gets attacked by a zombie remember when the zombie like breaks into his house yeah like i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like there's just so many little th- it's like the it's like the um this is the problem when you do like day whatever like you do number days uh, yeah like i mean even even going through this movie now i couldn't possibly go through it day by day i just mm-hmm. you know it's just i i it's mainly just like the narrative story of it right like i mean we're just at the point where it, the movie really is uh you know jubin and juwu yubin and juwu and um and it really is like just the, the their relationship you know, once he gets the supplies, they're having the conversations over the walkie-talkie, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's it's even even you get the moment where they're both like making the noodles, right? Like they're helping each other oh, yeah. out, 
mm-hmm. they're helping each other out. And I think it's, 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 it's one of those examples of, Hey, I wish more of us did this, but you know, when you're faced with a difficult apocalyptic, like situation that none of us have ever been in, one of the things that helps the most is when you are looking out for other people around you mm-hmm. and um, your ability to just do the bare minimum to make sure that other people around you are okay and safe is just, it's what we all need to do in times of great challenges, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you it's know, really, it's really funny. I like that scene because it does, it humanizes both of them, right? Because it, because our friend group does this all the goddamn time where it doesn't matter what you suggest it is wrong and someone knows a better way of doing it and you're stupid for doing it your way (laughs) but i like that scene when they're doing the noodles and then he's like no you got to put in like half the packet now and half the packet later the flavoring and she's like well that's dumb why don't you just do it all at once or something like that like they're just like micromanaging and poking fun at like the different things they do to make the noodles and then, like, Jun was like, oh, well, I'm going to make both because I'm really hungry. And she goes, no, that's too much food. Don't do that. <laughs> and it's like they're just, like, picking little things to argue about. Uh, but it's at this point where we see these, you know, we're, we're learning the zombie patterns. These zombies are erratic as fuck. At one point, they just all, like, come rushing into the apartment building, just start running and crashing into doors one by one. And this freaks out uh, (laughs) where she makes a noise and Jesus Christ, every fucking zombie's running. (laughs) It's like the stampede in Jumanji. (laughs) Oh my God, that's a good way of putting it. It's like the, it's like, it's like a Jurassic Park too. When the zombies are, when the zombies and dinosaurs are chasing them in the clearing. (laughs) Like it's fucking crazy. And then she's like, she's crying and she's freaking out because she's just like, this is it. Like, I'm fucked. This is the end. Mm-hmm. And, and Jun Woo just continues to be resourceful. He asks her what, what unit she's in and using like the automated, um, the automated, what's Telephone, called? landline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, using the landline, uh, <laughs> you know, he's able to, uh, he's able to call the unit next to her to send all the zombies there instead of attacking her. And I'm just I, like, damn, this kid's smart. No, you know what? It, it also, it's, 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 this movie also kind of tells you that some of the older technology or not used as much technology that we have now is actually one of the things that could help at a time like this. For example, when Jun Wu uh, is kind of trying to MacGyver himself an antenna so that he can listen to radio signals that are going to tell him, like, give him updates on what's happening. Like, he's not able to do it because he doesn't have any classic pair of headphones. Everything that he has is wireless. You know, it's just like everything that, 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 that we have has gone so much further in another direction that it's just like some of the older technology that could help us at a time like this is not available. For example, if we're ever in a situation where we have no internet for a few days, like, what are you going to watch on television? Because we stream literally everything. If the internet is out for one day, there is nothing to do in your house. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll read. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's again, it's the importance of having these things available. Not everything should be streamable. We should still have hard copies of certain things in our home, 
in the event that we're ever stuck in our house for a few days. <laughs> Hashtag we are the virus. <laughs> the earth is healing. <laughs> oh my god, I think maybe we're going insane and that's why that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh we let's 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 kind of wrap this up really quickly cuz there's not a whole there's not a ton left in this movie here. Um there is the moment where uh you know Jun Woo and Yubin like end up just agreeing that they're going to get together, right? And they're going to go to that eighth floor in Jun Woo's building, I believe. Yeah, so the eighth floor, according to Yubin, the eighth floor in Jun Woo's building is completely empty. Mm-hmm. And they want to make their the goal is to make it to the rooftop because if there's helicopters and they can get out right if yes. there's people still flying, uh, and I believe over it's over the radio that Jun Woo hears that they're making those um, that they're making those uh, runs over the city to uh, yes. pick up survivors. Mm-hmm. So um, they decide that they're going to work together and that Yubin is going to come over to. to to his apartment and he's going and they're going to make their way up to the eighth floor so you know i think it was yubin yeah that's right so they're so as they're getting their stuff ready uh jun woo says he's gonna jump down first get the zombie's attention so that she can uh, jump down second using like you know rappelling rope so that she can uh make her way over to his apartment before he can even finish like setting up she like <laughs> jumps out of the building using her repel or, or her repelling rope and it just like starts cutting her way through all these zombies using a mountain a mountain climbers hook and she's just like apparently she's just super fucking competent and she's great at her job <laughs> and but she's just like parkouring around these cars and like killing zombies and like she she opens a car door to make the zombies and traps them in the car uh but she ends up getting uh she ends up getting overrun and she ends up finding the police officer's revolver and you know right when he thinks she's probably she's going to use it to kill herself uh jun woo comes in with his uh his golf club and just starts murdering zombies too yeah which is awesome i mean like it 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 kind of brings home a point where it's like these two have essentially saved each other just by reaching out to each other so her being in danger actually gives him the courage to kind of do what he wasn't going to do before and that's we're going to survive by any means necessary now it's the transition point that like if you're watching something like Walking Dead, like <laughs> it's that transition point that all those characters hit where they're like, okay, we're we're going from victims of something to now we have to be survivals, survivors. Mm-hmm. And we have to, you know, just use all these brute wep you know, brute uh like primitive weapons to try to <laughs> to try to fight our way out of this. You make it with what you got, right? Exactly. And, and- like you were saying it's like we see the progression of jun woo going from like just screaming at these zombies to try to like save this woman to when uh you bin's in trouble using his um using his drone just to try to save her to finally him actually mixing it up and getting in there and it's like we've seen him kill zombies before but now it's like it was because he had to now it's like he goes on the offensive to save his friend um as they're able to or you know they gather themselves they run up to the they they make their way to the elevator and they manage to close the glass doors and you have that awesome shot of them like 
trying to close the elevator door as fast as they can and you see the glass doors start breaking and like giving way and of course the elevator door closes right as the glass shatters i was just like oh my god whoever i'm like the director of this film is fucking master of like really obvious suspense like it's not it's something that's like so obvious but it's so well done in this film that i really uh, appreciate it uh as they make their way up to the eighth floor they start becoming uh overrun again and uh they're trying to find a way up to the the roof um and just as things look bleak again they end up getting saved by another stranger or by a stranger who is hiding in one of the apartments he ends up throwing smoke grenades and is able to bring jim woo and yubin inside so as they're there, they get to meet this new guy and, you know, he starts, you know, he, he offers them food. They don't trust him at first. He offers them water. Uh, and he says that they can stay with, you know, they say, he says they can stay with him until uh, rescue arrives. And he pours them out like a glass of water each so that they can, um, they can kind of like toast to their survival. And then, you know, both uh, Yubin and Junwoo, like, don't trust him. So he drinks his water first, then they drink their water. And so believing he's on the up and up, you know, he feeds them. They start stuffing their faces with all this food he has. Uh, And then what ends up happening is we find out that the food was actually what was drugged. Um, After Yubin, as Yubin is talking to him, she starts realizing, you know, he, he kind of, like, switches. He flips a switch, and we realize he's not all there um but and he starts talking about his wife and his kid um to which he says something to the extent that he used to have a son and then which kind of implies that and right off the bat it it implies that this guy is feeding people to his now zombie wife so he ends up um handcuffing both uh yubin and jun woo and he ends up taking Yubin to the room where his zombie wife is and saying that he needs to feed her. So she's fighting for her life from the from this zombie as and and this guy is like just completely off his rocker at this point. Junwoo tries to grab like the 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 revolver and tries to save Yubin. The guy ends up letting the zombie go completely and he's going to kill. It's like it's freaking crazy this entire scene is just like it has you on the edge of your seat you're just like how the fuck are they gonna get out of this one at this point so you've been being the the survivor like being the survivalist of the group or of the pair i mean she she ends up um tricking the she ends up tricking the stranger into opening the door by wrapping the wife's head in cloth to the point where you can't hear her groans and as he opens the door she ends up like throwing the zombie at him and he ends up getting tackled and 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 eaten by his wife right yeah Um, which is it's the heartbreaking moment because he's obviously like you know we clearly i get what he's doing He's evil and clearly insane. And what I don't like about this character is that he's very obviously just the evil character, you know, the evil human character that you just need to have as a foil for your main characters in this movie. It's like uh, he's shoehorned in super hard. Yeah, like he he feels like just the one character that I wish wasn't here because 
he's not necessary, but at least the moment that he has where his wife is like, you know, where his wife is basically turning him into a zombie and they're both dying in each other's arms. is like, it's, you know, it's something you're like, okay, well, I kind of get it. But what that does set up is, you know, uh, you've been like shooting both of them and the gunshots are enough to make that giant zombie wave, like (laughs) fly towards the building that they're both in Mm -hmm. and, you know, causes them to run up to the top of the building there's a bunch of zombies that are coming up through that rooftop door. And oh, no, remember? They were about to kill themselves again. That is true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jun was about to get right as he's, you know, he's about to pull the trigger and kill uh, Bin. That's when they see the, the helicopters again. That's, that's what, right, yeah. That's what makes them run up to the roof. So they, like, jury-rig that battering ram using chairs, like, sharp and chair legs mm-hmm. <laughs> to start, like, shoving zombies out of the way and stabbing them. And they like fight their way up to the up to the roof, and Jun Woo like completely prepared to die. He holds. He tries to hold back the horde in the stairwell mm-hmm. as Yubin runs up to the roof and tries to get the the helicopter's attention. And you're just like every step of the way. It's like they fought so hard to get there, and it just yeah. feels like they get fucked in the last <laughs> moment, dude. You you think they're gonna die? Like there there's nothing about this that feels like they're gonna get out of this. Like to me, it's you just even think you're like, oh my god. Like, it, no, and like I, I was looking at it, I was like, man, this is gonna end one of two ways. Either they're all just about to get eaten, and the movie ends right there, or a helicopter is about to pop up and and just pick them up. Deus ex machina, bitch. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense in that, like at least. They heard the gunshots, so they obviously knew that somebody who was alive was in those buildings or could have been in that building. Uh, it's a little just super lucky that they happened to just grab them at the right time mm-hmm. and start shooting the zombies away. But, you know, again, it's tension, right? And that's the point of these movies is to, is to kind of bring you to the brink of the cliff. And then the moment, you know, that you look like you're about to fall off the cliff, that's when you get saved by, you know, a helicopter in this case. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, yeah, it's, it's awesome. You know, the, the military ends up saving these two, they fly them out. You get that, I mean, shitty CGI helicopter, but (laughs) you get the, 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 the crazy like panoramic shot of like the, the cityscape, right. And you got this billows of smoke coming up and uh, then it cuts away to another like expo dump from the from the news uh station but essentially what we find out is that the way people are being saved around the city is they did exactly what jun woo did is that they started uh posting about and like you said earlier marking themselves safe and geotagging themselves in certain locations mm-hmm. which made it easier for the for for the military essentially to go out and find these people based on what where they were geotagging themselves yes and that's and such it, a it's so smart it it's because i was just like why is this like you know like you forget about the fact that this movie was called hashtag alive and it kind of makes super sense in the end of the movie when you think mm-hmm. about it all these people were found because clearly the military knows where you are at every moment. <laughs> because Remember, the NSA has all your nudies pics, okay, y'all? <laughs> we talked about this during Captain America. The government knows what you're doing at any moment in time. So if they really no. gave a shit about saving you, then they would have all the tools necessary to find you. 
That's what's really funny. In the last one we went, the, the last week when we were talking about Winter Soldier, it's like, the government knows too much about you. We can't trust them. And this one, it's like, give up your information to the government. They will save you. <laughs> well, I think what it means is that it's much like what it means in real life. Like, we know it's dangerous to give all of this information to the government, but we still do it willingly, no matter mm-hmm. what, because that's just the world that we live in now. So it's and almost crazy. like a, it's a necessary, like, yeah, yeah, we're all going to do it now. <laughs> what's crazy to me, though, is that that wasn't the... Like it was, it was one of those things when everyone was co- when everyone was posting the hashtag alive, and you know we get that shot where it's like certain where the users are in the city based on them using the hashtag. Um, it wasn't necessarily with the intention of them being saved. It was like the intent. It was like the intention was for them not to feel alone, right? Like that was the big thing is like they were building this community of survivors. Yeah. It was like it's kind of like that we're all in this together campaign, like that like all that kind of stuff that was happening early in lockdown where mm-hmm. you know Disney was doing like those home sing alongs and all that kind of stuff. It's just things to try to keep you like engaged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, the other but the other effect that it had as well is that, you know, it saved were, a lot of lives. Right. They were yeah. able to find you. And it's just it's kind of nice because you don't usually get that in zombie movies. You get this thing where it's like the world has already ended and there's nothing else that you can really do. When realistically, because of the technology age that we're in now, you know, there, there's a high chance that there's a massive loss of life. But at the same time, there are things that can be done to mitigate and eventually get us out of a lot of these situations. Mm-hmm. So that's that's alive. <laughs> that's alive, y'all. It was alive. So as always, I guess the last thing we got to do is ask each other, Angel, did you like Alive? Yeah, I did. And, and again, like I said, this is the movie where if I saw it last year, I probably wouldn't think about it too much. And I wouldn't, you know, just it probably wouldn't have so much of an effect on me. But because I'm watching it at a time in my life where I'm relating to a lot of the stuff that this character is going through it's going to be a movie that I remember forever. Um, it, it, like, just like, you know, that, that Ryan Reynolds movie from Buried. Like, it's not even that it's a great movie. It's just, it's a movie that I happen to catch at the right moment that I was just like, man, it's like, that movie just hit me and I'm just, I'll remember it forever. Like, I'll always like, it'll always come back to me if I have like a moment that reminds me of something in that movie. And this is kind of like that. It's a movie that I'll always kind of like think back to uh, when I'm thinking of this point in my life <laughs> i think it's funny yeah. too because early on in the pandemic like we made our 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 you know top five like quarantine movies and or, or like single location and isolation movies and i think that this fits perfectly into that because it's literally it's besides being a zombie movie it's more than anything a movie about social isolation i know and it's like because there's a good portion of this film you don't see any zombies no and they, it, you could make the here 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 I go getting too deep. You can <laughs> make the it. case that the real monster in this movie is loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it's just the way you said it. It's like you know what the real monster is. You know what it is? It's loneliness. You know? <laughs> It's going to get all of us. 
I mean, you're still right. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm shitting on it, but it's also kind of like the point of the film is that, yeah, like, we have to remind ourselves that we're hashtag alive. Why are we dropping all these stupid, like, platitudes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know what the title does remind me of? It's like there was this like Simpsons episode where Homer's like watching like all these like different movies and didn't he watch a movie called Alive? And it was I'm just, like sure. all these characters like who I guess are in some sort of mountain and they're like, well, at least the good thing is we're all and all of them say in unison alive. <laughs> I don't know why. No, 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 I don't want to get on uh, on a Simpsons non sequitur, so I'll just hold on. To that. <laughs> uh, How do you yeah. feel about this movie? I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it's actually really interesting to see a genre that we are very fucking familiar with on our, in our country, in our culture, mm-hmm. um, seeing a movie, a genre that's honestly been done to death. Like, it feels like the early aughts. Like, I'm all... Uh-oh. You cut off. Yeah, like, it, it's interesting to see how another, a filmmaker from another country and, like, from a different culture is able to put a take on this film and like some of the things they choose to highlight and some of the the scenes they're able to create right um i still think that it's hard because you can't really compare them because they're two different types of films um i thought train to busan was very well done and i thought that was a great korean zombie movie as well uh this one was like you said it was it's one of those movies that really it hits at the right time because of what we're going through in the world in like the whole like yeah the zombies are are big but like the and they're kind of the backdrop to what like the real issue is here which is Junwoo dealing with his isolation and dealing with his grief right and how it was kind of like the sense of community was what was able to bring him from the from the brink um that sense of caring for someone else and someone else caring for him um when he met Yubin, how that was able to to change his whole outlook and, and how that that's what ultimately led to his survival. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I thought there was a lot of great action scenes. Uh, I can see how it's a little slower paced as far as other zombies go, zombie movies go. Uh, so for some folks, they might not be into that. Uh, but it more than makes up for it in the freaking drama when there are zombies on the screen. Uh, but yeah, definitely it's worth checking out. And plus, it's on Netflix. It's like you're already paying for Netflix to watch, you know, season three of Stranger Things, which I still haven't finished. But yeah, I mean, you might as well check it out as long as you're not uh, turned away from checking out foreign films. Yeah, so we'd like to thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the show. And um, we look forward to covering more horror movies because... Uh, we are coming up on October, which is spooky season. Spooky season! <laughs> so, I think, uh, is that going to be our official term for October now? Spooky season? I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. We can brand that, put it on a shirt. We can sell merch. I'm down. We're working on a schedule uh, that we can put ahead of the... Uh, you know ahead of uh, the first October episode so that people know what they're going to look forward to for this month from us. So... Again, thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Please continue to interact with us, with us on social media. Recommend other films to us like this, like this gem that, you know, that we ended up stumbling across, thanks to our listener. Um, thanks again, Skippy. We appreciate that. And uh, just uh, try to review us on Apple Podcasts if you can. 
let us try to spread the word of the podcast to other people if this is a show that you enjoy and you think other people would enjoy as well oh totally uh as always we love you guys and reach for the skis i mean (laughs) skies all right we'll talk to you guys next time all right later turds